Welcome to The Spill Podcast. We know you're obsessed with creating your own success in your own way, and you know you've got more. More to earn, more to experience, more to create, and more to give. And you're right. You just need to know some of the pieces and the moves to make. The conversations are real, honest, funny, and hopefully valuable. Away from the filters, the reels, and having to have the perfect script. We believe in opening the door for the next woman, helping guide you with conversations and exceptional guest speakers, spilling truths, tools, and guidance to help you expand your own expression of success. And knowing that when you do, that's when the good stuff the world needs more of happens. Laughs and explicit language are almost always guaranteed. Let's spill. Hello, ladies, and welcome to another episode of The Spill. We are in for a treat today. Uh, We have Erica. Erica is the co-founder of a female-run Australian business, ES Fit, and podcast host of the top-rated podcast, The Balance Theory. She has recently ditched the corporate nine to five, or shall we say nine till nine, as a finance lawyer and moved to Dubai to live life on her own terms. Coming to accept that what she studied for five plus years wasn't what she wanted to be doing full time clearly was not easy, but hanging up the suit has taught her a lot about how to curate her own lifestyle, rethink balance and make time for the things that matter most. She is on a mission to arm others with tools and tips so that they can redefine balance on their own terms to curate a lifestyle that feels fulfilling and more importantly, one that's sustainable. There is a way to achieve balance without the need to consistently choose or be stuck between work and life. Her biggest achievements are being stock on the iconic, which is ES Fit, being admitted as a lawyer and several time top 50 podcasts across 30 countries. Now let's just let's just let that sit in for a second. And that is what you all have coming for you today. Welcome, Erica. How are you? Hi, Beck, and thank you, Nicole, as well. Thank you for both for having me on. I am doing well. I'm really excited to be on the show today. Amazing. Awesome. (laughs) So, ladies, as you know, for our, you know, long-time listeners, which we hope it's you, uh, we always start with some rapid-fire questions so that we can dig in and get to know Erica a little bit better, a little bit faster. So, Erica, we're going to just shoot five questions at you, and it's like the first thing that comes to your mind, just fire it back. Are you ready? All right. I'm a bit nervous, but I'm ready. (laughs) I know everyone gets that way. We literally give, ladies, we give them the heads up like two seconds before we hit record. So we we really (laughs) see how people respond in these moments. That's all right. Let's let's go. Let's see what I got. Describe (laughs) yourself in just three words. Loyal, hardworking, and optimistic. Yeah, beautiful. Nice. What is the best compliment that you've ever been given? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I always get really nice compliments about my eyes. I know that's like a bit superficial, but people always say, talk about my eyes and the really spiritual ones will tell me how they're like seeing into my soul, which I like, well, that's like, I feel like you've really spoken to the inside of my heart there. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> I love that. And what about um, the best piece of advice you've been given? Or I mean, it's hard to pick. So the one that comes to mind. It would actually have to be my grandmother. I went and visited her recently in Spain and she's like almost 90 and so with it. She, you know, she's just active and will still drive me around and I can have the most intellectual conversations with her. And I said to her, what do you think is the secret to like your health at this age? And she said, 
And I didn't, I didn't, never took her as being quite philosophical. So I was really taken aback by her response. She said, I think it's just to accept yourself and the world just as it is. And I think the simplicity in that is just so profound. Like it's just, it's so true. I think if you can just detach and, and be at peace with who you are and, and understand you don't have control over everything else around you, I think that's a very peaceful spot to be in. Yeah, that's beautiful. Even hearing it, it's only like this release. Like, I don't mm, know. Right? It's like it's, it's like, you just oh, feel yeah. like calmed hearing it. Like you take pressure off yourself. <laughs> Go grandma. Thanks, grandma. Oh, I know. Yeah. Go grandma. And I can imagine the ladies listening right now, they probably have to pause and rewind because that's, go get your pen and paper. You've already learned something from within like five minutes. So I love that. Now, I'd love to know your answer to this one. If life is a game, tell me what the number one rule is. Be like grandma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably. No, okay. Let me think. Um take every opportunity that comes your way. Mm. Love it. And last one. What what are you listening to or reading right now that you're loving? Listening, my favorite podcast at the moment would have to be Jay Shetty on purpose. I just love the variety of guests he has on and the mix with his solo episodes um reading I'm reading a book on manifesting which is something I've only started to dip my toes in I cannot remember the author's name so I don't want to miscredit it but it's a it's on my kindle so I like I like sometimes chopping and changing in between things but they're kind of like my go-tos at the moment yeah Jay Shetty is amazing very cool yes yeah, uh, ladies, well, let's get into this because uh, we're going to be talking all about the B word and it's maybe not the B word you're thinking, but we're going to be talking about balance. And I'm, I'm really curious about where this conversation goes and to learn from you, Erica, because um, I mean, even personally, but the women I chat to, I feel like it's this thing that people are chasing they're comparing someone else's balance to what their balance is. They're thinking that balance is one thing when we know it's subjective. Like there's, there's just, it's this big topic, right? That I feel like, are we chasing? Are we wanting more of it without even knowing what it is or defined to us? So let's get into it because I prefer, before we go into like some how-tos and some things that are going to help women, what's been your story to balance? Like this is something that you chat with people about on a daily basis. You, you do trainings around it. Like you've obviously experienced something in your life that got you to a point of, oh, wow, more women, more women, men need to have conversations around this. Tell us a bit about your journey with, you know, when we talk about balance. Sure. So I think for me, it really started when I was at uni, I was studying law and I always had like a massive passion for health and fitness on the side. So simultaneously, I had part-time job, like just working in a cafe, something casual while I was studying law. And then I got my Cert 3 and 4 in fitness and was working at my local gym, which at the time was an F45. Um, and to be honest with you both, at the time, I actually did the course and got certified to teach because it was cheaper than me having a membership there. It was, it was, and I thought I can just upskill. So that was like a bit of a financial thing, but I digress. At the time, I had a lot on my plate and I've always been that kind of person who just loves being around other people. I'm very social um, and just love packing out my weekends and whatnot. And my mom would always say to me, like, you need to slow down, you need to chill out. And I felt this huge tear between an area or like a, it was, I describe it as a pace, a pace that I really thrived in. But to my mom, she's like, you're drowning, like you're killing yourself. And I just always felt like, 
well, you know, I've got all this energy right now. These are all my interests. Like I don't have a mortgage. I'm not in a relationship. Like had all these things that were really fulfilling to me. But I found it so interesting that to her, she just thought I was like completely burnt out all the time. And so that kind of got me thinking initially about the whole idea of balance and how it's so different from person to person. And then fast forward to COVID, I was working as a lawyer and started the podcast and I also started uh, well, actually, before I started the podcast, I was uh, ESFit actually started out as a, as a local boot camp for women. And then obviously when COVID hit, we had to, you know, go completely online. I actually just run it with my best friend. And that's when we pivoted and started doing e-com. Um, but it was in that time during lockdown, I really started to crave this need for connection with other people. And in my legal role at the time, it was quite, uh, I was a transactional lawyer. So it was really just me and the paper and there wasn't a lot of social interaction and you're doing that from home as well. I'd lost the ability to run boot camps. I really wanted to connect with people. And I don't know if you ladies have a similar experience, but the thing I've loved most about the podcast and something I sort of, and the reason I started it was it's such a great way to just learn off other people. Um, Whatever piques your own interest or curiosity, you can kind of then go deep into conversations with them. And so, you know, I was sitting there thinking, what am I passionate about? And it was really about how you can have it all in a sustainable way. And I feel like that was something a lot of people would always kind of say to me, like, you've kind of got all your shit together. Sorry, can I swear on the podcast? Uh, We'd prefer. Yeah, great. Absolutely here for it. Everyone's like, you know. Let's get the real deal, Erica. 100%. All right, perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Um, You know, like you kind of always have your shit together and you've got so much going on. and, And I think from the outside, a lot of people can look and feel a certain way, but it really just matters, I guess, how you feel within. And I had a similar experience and I tell this story a lot on, on my own podcast with um, my relationship with fitness. And that is I was training really, really hard and I was using all these in-body scans and body fat percentages to kind of track my, um, my uh, progress, shall we say. But I was quite a, a lean fit person. It's not like I had a lot of kilos that I had as a goal to lose or a lot of muscle that I wanted to pack on. So I had this complete mismatch between what I actually wanted to achieve and the results and the metric I was using to measure that. It was a complete mismatch. And then I started to think about my own life too. And I started to think about the way we look at life balance. And I think for a lot of people listening, the metric or the formula they'll use is work-life balance. It's what a lot of us saw around. It seems to be the golden standard when we're talking about balance. And I started to think about how a lot of people will use that formula to curate or as the goalpost for their own balance. And it, when it doesn't actually accurately reflect either what they want or what they can do. And so that's kind of put me down the rabbit hole of rethinking balance, um, rethinking about how we can, because I think it's such a subjective thing. And so I think that any formula that talks about balance and the way I've kind of spoken about it on the podcast is curated in a way where people can define it on their own terms, but still give them some sort of parameters. And that's kind of how um, I started thinking about reshaping balance. And, you know, over time, it's kind of found its own feet and everyone has such a different definition of it, but that's kind of the backstory of it all. So I don't ever claim to be an expert. And I think you can only be an expert in your own balance, but, but my aim is really just to give people some inspiration tools and guidance so that they're confident, I guess, finding their own balance. 
I'm just learning so much already. And, you know, last time when Nick and I spoke to you before we even um, ha- have you, before we had you on the podcast, I, I left that call and I know I spoke to you personally around, I just recently had a body scan and I was so disappointed and I've been a professional athlete. So I know what it's like to train hard, eat well, the mindset, all of that stuff. I know what it takes, but I remember I went for a scan maybe six weeks ago and I was so disappointed with the result. But on the inside, I've I'd never been so happy. It was just habit to go and get the scan because that's what everyone else was doing. I was measuring on what was best for everyone else. And after our call, I'm like, I just ripped up my scan because I'm like, I don't need that because I know how I feel. I know. So I just wanted to say thank you for that because that was a really oh, cool. You're so welcome. Uh, and you're so welcome. Listening in, yeah, it's, it's take what you want from this. But like, that's a big thing to me because I've always obsessed with the number on the scan scale Mm. and where I'm at and we always say you always hear it a number can never define what who you are as a person like it it just can't Mm. so I just want to say thank you and now we're going to get into the three pillars that you spoke to Nick and I around that obviously no one else knows around yet so can you please talk to us around how you found and what you've broken it down to in your three pillars and what they are Absolutely. And and hat off to you. I mean, I didn't actually express this when I was sharing the story before, but obviously um, when we spoke earlier, I did share that I had a really, really similar experience where, you know, that final number was supposed to be the best number because I was feeling my best and it wasn't. And, you know, I think it's a good point for anyone listening to just think about what metric are you using to measure what you're trying to achieve? And is it a right, is it a right match or is it a metric that doesn't actually equal what you want out of your fitness? So yeah, definitely. Thanks for bringing that up again. Um, yeah, so I guess when I was looking at the work-life balance formula that a lot of us use to determine, you know, I'm trying to get work-life balance. It's kind of, I feel like the conversation that everybody has for me, that formula has so many issues and is not practical in in a lot of ways, because when you say it out loud, work-life balance, it immediately puts work in one corner, life in another corner, and instantly gives you that feel that they have to be separate. Now, for a lot of people who do what they love, um, or there's a lot of people that don't work as well. There's a lot of single parents, there's um, people who do volunteer work, people who are still studying. I just felt like it was so exclusive to a lot of um, different people's needs. And so for me, work-life balance not only makes you feel like the two are separate, which, as I just said, isn't the case for a lot of people, but even worse, it makes us feel like they have to have this 50-50 split. Now, for most people listening, I know probably going to be business owners or work full time, and that's already 38 hours of your week, which is a huge chunk of every single day. And so to say you have to equate, you know, 50% of your time to work and then shove the rest of your life into 50% is not necessarily possible for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people have so many competing priorities and responsibilities and, and things like that, which I think... If you use this standard for balance, you're almost setting yourself up to fail. And so I kind of reverse engineered it. And I thought, I think there's definitely um, merit in splitting up the areas of our lives, but I think the pressure to have them all equal is where we go wrong. So our approach is on the balance theory. We say that the important areas of your life are your health, which is your physical and your mental, your relationships, which are family, friendships, or, or love life. If you have a partner, and then, of course, uh, your 
work, which I actually originally had it titled as work, but I renamed it to fulfillment. Because for me, that encapsulates not only what you may be doing as a career, but then also as a business, as a hobby, what you may be studying. Um, and for a lot of people, like full, I always come back to like single parents or people who are just stay-at-home moms, that's their fulfillment. So no one's left out of the equation. And my whole concept is your balance is any unique combination of those areas, as long as you have them all present in your life at any given moment. So if you choose that right now is the time for you to go all in on your career, there's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like we're always made to feel so guilty for that. But if you're in your 20s and your 30s and, you know, before you start a family, especially for women, it's something we need to think about, you know, when we, if you want to start a family, that's, you know, a consideration you need to have in and amongst building a career. I feel like we're almost made to feel bad for going all in on work. But my whole concept is if you want to spend 80% of your time in your fulfillment area, you, you go girl, like you go for it. As long as you're not neglecting your health and your relationships, because we need all three to feel balanced, but your unique balance depends on your priorities at different moments in your life. You know, you always hear that when people have a health crisis, they just run to their health and that's all they focus on. My whole idea is as long as you're keeping those areas of your life alive at different moments, you can choose which ones get the most attention. And that's essentially that's essentially your unique balance. And the biggest thing that I want people to understand as well is it's not like you go, okay, great, I've worked out my unique balance. It changes as things in your life change, which is so normal. You know, it's like you change as things in your life change. And so allowing a bit of flexibility when it comes to our balance understanding that it changes as your life goes on too um, is really important because it not only differs from say me to Nick to Beck it changes even for yourself from time to time so this kind of formula gives you the flexibility to grow with it which I think is really really important and something the current work-life balance split I don't think really allows for even you know, I'm, I'm sure those listening in can feel this as well. It's nearly like, oh, you've got, I've got permission to look at this a different way and to feel different about this now. Because I think, like you said, so often we're trying to chase something we don't even understand. And maybe that's the first thing is sitting down and going, okay, fulfillment relationships, health, based on where I'm at in my life, what is my unique, um, what's my priority? And therefore, what's my unique uh, formula or where I should be spending most of that time because I think so many things trip us up and I know things like guilt or um, you can kind of have people like I feel like sometimes I'm similar to you Eric Erica where I was like oh I better look like I'm doing less so I don't look like a workaholic and then on the other side, I think there's guilt people around like, it. Mm. Yeah, the guilt around it. Then on the other side, there's people listening and probably going, oh, I kind of try and look like I'm doing more, but I'm not really because I don't really want to be spending my time in that in that area. Whereas if mm. we can take a step back and go, it's unique to all of us and only measure what matters to you, not society, not a standard mm. that's made up because let's be honest, it's all made up. Mm. So why not just make up what works for you? Absolutely. It's so cool. Where else do you find that people, what's common? What are the misconceptions? Where are people getting tripped up? Because I feel like guilt would, would have been mine. That's where I recognize mm. it. So when we're going along this path, the women listening in, what are some maybe feelings or thoughts that are happening, are happening and they can go, oh, yeah, I need to define this for myself if that's the way I'm feeling about this or thinking about this? 
I think you've hit the nail on the head because that was honestly the biggest experience I had. It was this guilt and it was either guilt for not doing enough of something or spending too much time doing something. So it was always like I was, yeah, it was like I've constantly felt like I was chasing my tail. I was constantly time poor and I constantly felt like I was just guilty for what I was doing and at the end of the day that leaves you in a position where you just don't enjoy anything at all and so for me it's all about you said the most important word of the day I think when it comes of course under balance it's priorities and so what I get uh, of course for anyone listening feeling these emotions I want to say to you that it's it's very normal I think the majority of us feel it and I think if you've been looking at balance within the work-life balance metric I don't blame you and that's kind of that was exactly where I was before I embarked on this journey of just thinking about it in a different way and the reason I want to start with or I guess talk a little bit about priorities um, and sort of to answer your question I really do think that guilt is the biggest thing that trips us up because at the end of the day if you're not clear on your priorities then you're not anchored in what in knowing what you need and you're therefore going to be very easily pulled in a hundred directions or the commentary of people around you or or you know society it's going to feel like you're just not grounded because you're going to be floating between other people's opinions and often when we feel like we don't have time for the things we want it's because we're not clear on how we're spending our time either and so something I get everyone to do on the podcast, I mean, I did this episode, it was called How to Make More Time for the Things You Love. And it was one of our most listened to episodes. So I know it's something that people are really struggling with, kind of finding pockets of time for things they love. And I hear it all the time, oh, but you don't know, like I'm, I'm a mom and I have kids. And I, I really think that if people do this kind of, I call it a bit of a time audit on their life. I think you can find pockets of time for yourself. And I'm, I'm in no way claiming I know what it's like to be a mother. Um, but I know that at least if you do a time audit, then you just know what areas of your life you have control over or what pockets of time you have or don't have. And you get that clarity and then you can set your priorities. So where I get everyone to start is I say, okay, we've all got 168 hours across the week, right? If you calculate how long you need for sleeping, eating, commuting to and from work if you have one and work time if you calculate how many hours you have doing that which I remember doing in a in a rough I really gave it like a really solid buffer even like showering personal things like that going to the gym once I deducted all of that I had 38 hours left so then it's like and and okay so this is might be for somebody listening who doesn't have kids and just works for themselves right 38 hours left that's a whole full-time job and then you start thinking, well, how the hell am I spending that time? And you start doing a bit of a time audit. It might mean over the first week, you actually just keep a log. So you can start to see, oh, I'm actually spending four hours a week on TikTok or I'm watching a TV show. And there's nothing wrong with any of those activities. It's just that if you need to find more time for the things you love, or if there's something you want to do, like if you can't find time for a 10 minute meditation, or if you can't find time to, you know, have that coffee catch up with a friend, this is something you really need to do just so you have that awareness. Because often we just do these things on autopilot, not really thinking about what does our balance need. And, we're, you know, you're just not clear. And so you can't actually connect with it. So my step one is always do a little bit of a time audit. Once you have done that time audit, whether you have 38 hours, whether you have two hours, one hour, five hours, whatever you have left, 
that's when you really need to be critical and say, okay, how am I actually spending this time? And something I also encourage everybody to do is to make two lists. The first one are your non-negotiables. So for me, for example, that's daily movement. It's getting enough hours of sleep. It's, you know, seeing my family once a week for a family dinner. The things that for me are non-negotiables. It's not stuff like three catch-ups with girlfriends. I mean, that might be non-negotiable for you, but we don't want to go too extreme. It's the things you just, you genuinely need on a weekly basis, the things that you cannot go without. The second list are still priorities, but I call them your wants because they're things that if you had them in your week would really make your week amazing. But if you didn't have them in your week, it wouldn't be the end of the world. So for me, that's stuff like those extra nights with my girlfriends. For me, it's, um, you know, an extra date night or an extra night by myself, little bits and pieces that, or, you know, going to a boxing class in the city, something that I don't need, but I really, really would like to do. And so then what you do is across your time, you make sure you've, you know, allocated for all your non-negotiables. They're a priority. And then in the pockets of time, you, you become critical and you say, well, am I doing things that are things that I want to be doing? Because sometimes we don't realize or we're doing that aimless scroll. And we would really rather be taking our mom out to the for a long walk or I don't know, like, you know, whatever, whatever would be that just additional little sparkle in your week. And that's what, and that's how you start to really create that balance in your life. It's being critical of your time and it's making sure that whatever spare time you have is spent in the most efficient way possible. And the other reason I really like having these two lists and mind you, these lists are not fixed for life. You change them, you revisit them every six months to make sure that the things you've, you've said are non-negotiable still are the things that you want to be doing or on your wants list still are things you enjoy. The reason it's so important is, you know, sometimes you have those Monday mornings, you get, I've, I've had a Monday morning like this, you just frazzled in a rush, spill your coffee, like the water bottle leaks, you miss the gym class, then you have the most hectic day at work. And then you get home and you're just like, I didn't get anything done today. I didn't even get to the gym. And you kind of have all this kerfuffle in your head. And you're like, I actually just feel so spaced out. Like, I don't even know, like, what a way to start my week. When you have days like that, then you can look at your week and be like, okay, I've put in all these pockets of additional sparkle, let's say the, the things from the wants list. That's when you remove those from your list because they're not non-negotiables. And you make you make sure that the non-negotiables from the Monday are at least factored in for the rest of the week. So, I mean, that's not to say you have to go and do two gym sessions the next day. But if you miss like Monday night dinner with the fam, you would want to take out something that isn't a non-negotiable and make sure you fit that in. So that's kind of how I've reverse engineered and tried and tested over the years um, to, I guess, really achieve my balance. So step one is obviously, um, we ha I haven't actually gone into it, but it's becoming clear on the areas of your life and, and what they and how they feel to you. And then it's really just being critical on that time audit and um, of your spare time as well. It's Erica, it's such a beautiful process. Even listening to you, I feel excited to do it because I feel like the amount of um, just clarity, but also you, this is where, you know, when ladies, you feel those times where, you know, we talk about inflow. I get sometimes that can, gets overused, but you're actually just in your own, like this frequency that works for you. You're more effective. You're not wasting time. You're not like leaking mm. energy. And I feel like this is just such a beautiful framework to be able to stop and do. And I think you made a good point every six months, because I know if you're listening in, you are committed to being somewhere. And when you bet on yourself, you're always going to evolve. 
So if you're always evolving, we're going to need to check in every six months. But do you find, Erica, does this help you and maybe feedback you've got from others as well, just kind of um, deal with knowing who you are, what your priority is and dealing with the chaos of the world that tries to interrupt it all the time? Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely would say yes, because I think there are so many distractions. And I think just having this clarity gives you that confidence to protect your boundaries or what you need. Because I think when you don't have that baseline clarity, you just end up saying yes to things because you don't know what it is that you do need, or you're just not connected with, um, you know, your non-negotiables and you end up just filling your time with things for almost for the sake of filling your time. Um, and, and that's when you kind of get pulled into the chaos and look, it's not always easy. You sometimes have, and, and, getting clear on all this doesn't make situations where you've had a crazy week at work and then also like your best friend's engagement or hens or kitchen tea like that's something you really want to go to but then you're also like thinking well I really need this time off myself like in those moments you kind of have to show up for your friends so it's not to say that you know it's it's going to make your whole life easy and you're never going to have to think about your life balance again those predicaments and those dilemmas are always going to come up but absolutely on like a day-to-day BAU basis, I think it really helps you stay connected to yourself. And one thing I didn't mention, because I I think even in talking, I don't want to make it out like you need to time block, you know, every second of your week and be very, very structured and regimented because that's just not how life is. I think you need to do that for maybe the first week or two until you get that awareness, until you're just very conscious of how your time is spent. But we, we can't live minute to minute on a schedule sometimes. It just doesn't work that way. So having these lists and just knowing generally like what the non-negotiables are and knowing when you miss out on them and then knowing that they have to be prioritized over other things, it's just really giving you that clarity in your mind. And, and one thing I do schedule in as a non-negotiable is space, is time where I can just decide on the day what I want to do. And that's really important, especially for people who feel they're a little bit more creative. I mean, I wouldn't describe myself as the most creative person, but I would say that on different days, I just feel like doing different things, especially the older I'm getting. I actually crave time alone, which like 16 year old me would be mortified because I used to hate my own company. But you know, just, just blocking in like, you know, Thursday night, my partner always goes and hangs out with his friends. So it's like perfect. I get a a night to myself where if I want to go out with some friends, I can, but if I want to be at home and get takeaway or just cook for myself or just have like, it's just space for me to do nothing. Yeah. So that's something that would be a non-negotiable that I would recommend just so you don't feel like you're always kind of bouncing between things to do. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know who it is that says this. It's definitely not me. I'm quoting someone, but they say, leave um, uh, leave some moments for the magic. Because if mm. we're always, like, if everything's scheduled out and everything's on time, there's no moment just to create some magic and see what, you know, comes in to the moment. So mm. it's really cool. And I think you've made a good point, Erica, is like whenever we're, like you said, if your priority is your fulfillment right now, whatever it is that you're going all in on, sometimes the scales will feel tipped. But having the awareness of doing these lists, knowing your priorities, knowing your non-negotiables and wants, it's always going to tip back to your unique balance. That's it. That's it. And it's kind of like, you know, let's just say you're really wanting to go for a promotion or you're really trying to grow your business or your podcast or whatever it is. That might mean you don't go to 
Okay, so I feel like you have like your friends, right? Your very close friends. And then there's like another circle of friends. So like you love them and you love spending time with them, but they're just that layer beyond like your closest friends. And then you've kind of got a circle beyond that. And sometimes it like, it gets to a point where you're like, you know what? I actually don't have to go to that event. They're not like my closest, closest people. And sure, you would love to go. But if your priority at the moment and your goals are growing your business or your job, you might actually really need some downtime that weekend. So it just helps you connect with your why at any given moment in your life and and kind of like really confidently protect it. Can I ask, sorry, Beck, I know that you want to fire up with another question. I just, I, clearly I'm learning so much. Like I, I just, I like this because that moment there, the first thing that I thought of, because I felt it myself and I know so many people do, is this feeling of obligation. So is this how we can start not like start removing that feeling in a sense? Because if that's always coming up, like, oh, I kind of feel obligated. Like, shouldn't I be there? Yeah. Yeah. I come well, back to what you were saying at the start is that maybe you're floating between some opinions because you haven't got solid yet on this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, d- mm. I definitely agree. And look, I, I'll be honest, because I come from an Italian family, the family things are always very, very hard. You know, we always get together every cousin's birthday, every, and it's a beautiful, beautiful practice, but you know, Tuesday nights don't always work for everyone. And it's one of those things where you need to just decide in the moment what's right for you and what's important to you. So at the end of the day, family is a huge value to me. And so even though I'm exhausted on a Tuesday, I come back to what my balance is and family is very, very important to me. And I'm therefore happy to maybe forego that night or maybe I'll go and leave early. You know, you kind of find some sort of happy medium. And I would love to sit here and say that, you know, the second you work out your balance or your what your scales look like, you can just say no to everything. But it's it's not that easy in practice and it takes time. And so I think just being gentle on yourself and listening to your body has been key for me because ultimately if I have to miss an event, that's a big deal for me. It, it like, you know, I'm talking about like a family event. And I know that at that point, I need to put that energy and time into myself. And what I will say on this, and this is more important in terms of family, uh, friends, sorry, because obviously you choose your family, but having friends around you that would understand if you had to cancel something, if you couldn't turn up to something that would genuinely understand if you told them, I need to put myself first is so important because I've had friendships in the past where I get nervous even typing out the text about what they're going to say when I cancel, if I need to cancel. And I'm not a canceller. Like I'm, like I said, one of my, one of the words I'd use to describe myself is loyal, but having people around you that understand, you know, for a last minute catch up, I can cancel and, and it's reciprocated. I think that's so important. And that also helps you stick to and protect your boundaries when you have other people around you that, you know, are going to support that. Mm -hmm. Oh, listen, and my tip, if you're listening in is just have a couple of really, or just one really good friend. And then you don't need to go to those other circles. (laughs) Hey, Nick, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) I also feel like it's part of like the, um, I don't know, like if I'm going to have friends, like you, it's like straight up, like this is going to happen. Like I may not turn up on time. I may not turn up at all. Part of that Mm. friendship. But just having that freedom you to to kind of be yourself and, and to be able to put yourself first. And because at the end of the day, right, if you're saying yes to something that you don't want to be going to or doing something that you don't want to be doing, you're saying no to yourself. And that was a huge mindset hack that I used to really help me start saying no to things that I genuinely 
didn't want to be going. You know, when you just get that feeling and you you just, gen- it's not even like, you know, you're just a cancellar, you can't be bothered. Like you genuinely do not want to go, but you mm. do go. And it always, it always bites you in the ass. It always comes back and you always end up being more exhausted. You're saying no to yourself. So is it really that important to say yes to other people when you're saying no to yourself? That's the question I always ask myself. And do you know what I feel? And I'll speak on behalf of what I found with my husband is I don't know whether it's a male thing and a female thing. So also don't like to put people in categories, but I like if there was a scenario where I did an audit as well, creating boundaries around friendships and relationships, there was one stage where I would tell him that I needed to go and do something, but I didn't want to. And he's like, well, just don't. And I'm like, I don't know how it was so easy for a male to look at it going, don't worry about it. If it's not important to you, don't do it. And it was, it was such a good lesson for me. And I probably need to thank him for that, but it's just, I don't know whether it was at the stage that I was out of my life, or if you're listening, if you're at that stage and you've just got too many things going on, you haven't created or set any boundaries and you're so busy chasing the next thing to prove to someone or whatever it is. And that was a really good, um, I like, I like, I loved hearing that again today because it just brought me back to, not feeling like I'm not doing enough. I've already made some big audits that have still had a really big influence on where I'm going in life. So that was a really good little realization. So thank you for that. But I want to know now, Erica, what are some solutions? How can the ladies listening in, how can they rethink, uh, maybe recreate what balance is for them? Mm. So one thing I really lo- would love to share that I that I forgot to mention before is how you actually get to what your what your balance is. And so it's really, really simple. You basically, you can do this on in a journal, on your computer, in your mind, whatever works for you. You look at your health, your relationships and your area of fulfillment. And you say, how important is this area to me? And what would this area look like if it was a 10 out of 10, right? So if my health was a 10 out of 10 priority in my life, sorry, if my health today was like, 10 out of 10, I was giving it 10 out of 10 attention, what would that look like? And the reason I look at the quality or I guess how that area integrates in your life as opposed to the time is because if if I said to everyone, look at the areas of your life and make sure they're all equal because they're all equally important, right? That would mean that I'd be spending the same amount of time in the gym that I would be at work, that I would be with my family. And that doesn't make sense because I only need one hour in the gym. So we kind of need to peel it back and go, it's not about the time we spend. It's about if that area of my life was as important as a 10 out of 10, what would that look and feel like? So let's say an example, my health across my physical and my mental. For me, that would mean I'm spending up 40 to one hour uh, you know, movement and I'm doing a 10 to 15 minute meditation every single day, right? If that was a 10 out of 10 in my life, that's what it would look like. And then I look at my current routine and I say, okay, well, am I doing that? Is it currently a 10 out of 10? And if it's not, is it a five out of 10? Is it a seven out of 10, right? And then you move on. Relationships. You know, if I had 10 out of 10 relationships in my life, what would that look like? Does that mean I get two nights with just me and my partner of quality time, maybe one night with the girls and one night visiting my parents? Something simple like that. That would look like 10 out of 10. I would feel fulfilled, you know, and maybe it might not even look like that. It might mean once a month with your family or once a month with your friends. You need to really think about what does that what does 10 out of 10 look and feel like to me? And then you do an audit. Well, what, where am I sitting right now? If that's what I want, if that's 10 out of 10 for my balance, what does it look like right now? And the last one is your area of fulfillment. 
And don't limit yourself just to your career either, because a lot of us are bound to working the times we've been set, especially if you work for somebody else. So that could also include your hobbies, you know, if, if all, and you could, you could even break it down and do a score out of 10 for work and hobbies and whatever else is fulfilling to you. And then again, you compare. So then you end up with a kind of a row of what your perfect balance would look like right now. If, if each of the areas were at the level you want them to be at, what that would look like and where you're currently at. And you can start to identify gaps in maybe what you need to change around. Maybe you're, you know, spending too much time with friends and you realize that you really only need one night a week to feel fulfilled. And that kind of starts to give you a bit of an idea. Um, and also, as I said before, if you then layer that on with your non-negotiable list and your wants list, that's when you can start to kind of marry them because you'll notice that a lot of the non-negotiables will probably be in what you've just identified across each of the areas of your life. And then you can pepper in some of the wants. The next thing I would say is having awareness um, as a solution because we may think and on paper have this concept and idea of what balance looks and feels like. And then we go and do something or enact something out, whether it's a morning routine or I don't know, we test seeing our friends once a week and it doesn't feel right. Or maybe what we thought, something we've been doing for years, you know, is satisfying or fulfilling to us, all of a sudden doesn't feel the way it's meant to. Maybe you're growing, maybe you're changing and certain people don't just don't give you that level of satisfaction anymore, certain places or doing certain things. And I felt this coming out of COVID. And I feel like when you start becoming really aware and conscious and listening to podcasts like this, you start really just thinking in a different way and bringing that awareness into how you feel after doing things, whether it be what you're eating or places you're going, you know, people you're spending time with is going to be really important. So you can keep updating that balance and your lists of non-negotiables and wants because they're going to change. And that brings me to my next solution, which um, is having a flexible mindset. And I feel like sometimes when we want a perfect formula, that's not always the, the advice that you want to hear because you kind of just want to be told, well, just do this and that will work. But you really have to be flexible because I know I even said already that balance will change across your life, but I've even experienced, and I'm sure everyone listening can put their hand up and say they experience a sense of shift from day to day. And that might mean sometimes you wake up and you just can't even get out of bed. Like you just don't even feel like getting out of bed. And so what your balance is going to need that day is going to be completely different to a day where you're waking up and you're so excited because you've got a wedding on that day and you're going to be dancing all night. You know, like every day is going to look so different. So flexible mindset is, is really, really key. And the last thing I'll say um, in, in this conversation of, I guess, solutions or how people can really arm themselves to really strongly think about their balance is having a toolkit over tools. So I think sometimes we say, okay, I have a meditation practice. I have a massage place that I like to go to and a meditation I like to listen to. I think when we have a very finite and fixed amount of things, it puts so much pressure on those things to work. And when they don't work, it can be really, really disheartening. So I've, over the years, really tried to adopt having a toolkit, which is just, a comp it comprises of not only a range of things that I already love to do, and I guess this is potentially more in the realm of self-care or things you like to do for yourself as a bit of a pick-me-up, but also extending that list to things you would like to do. So that when you have moments in your life, 
you know, I just need to try something else today or I need to give myself a bit more love or I need to have some space, you know, put the rock climb on there, put the drive yourself to a national park on your own, put the try a cafe, like whatever it is, even things you haven't done or things you have done, have a toolkit so that when those days come, you have the option to be flexible because sometimes I feel like I need people around me and sometimes I feel like I need to just be on my own. And so just having like just those, um, it's almost just like little prompts so that you have options on the day, um, I think is really important and also a really good idea when it comes to filling out your time um, and just working out different things you might want and need for your balance. So there's those are kind of the things I would say when we're trying to recreate balance um, would really would really help give you that permission to define it on your own terms. I love that. I think just that last point that you've made is so, it's important. It's not like it's a... Um, a one-way solution it's not that rigid it's not you know it's like I, I've done this thing and it's still not working there must be something wrong with me it's having like you said that flexibility and that variety to be able to know yourself really well really deeply like what thoughts are coming through to what feelings it's producing to then what's happening in your day and being able to move through different things and try different things so I love that I um this conversation has been so incredibly valuable I have just I've taken so much myself and I know if you're listening in you know share with us I'd love to know how your perspective your lens around balance is changing now and what you're doing to obviously move with that change um and as I listen to you Erica I just I just get this feeling it's it's our life needs our attention like your life needs your attention and having this awareness and going through these frameworks is so important. You know, put aside the time to do this because the things that you want, like it's either, as you said, it's contributing to or detracting from every single choice that we're making. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's to our own success and our own happiness in our own way, but we need to work out what that is. And, and I just know our life needs our full attention for what we want. So Erica, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Now, where can the ladies go and follow and stalk you? Where will they find you? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, more than welcomed. You can find us on Instagram at The Balance Theory. My personal Instagram is Erica, E-R-I-K-A-D-P-E-L-L-E. And on TikTok, we are at The Balance Theory Podcast. I generally hang out there. So yeah, give us a follow. Um, I would love to know, you know, if any of your listeners have really, this has hit home for them as well. We have so much content on the podcast as well. The links are on the social media platforms. Um, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you both. And um, thank you so much for having me on the show. Amazing. We'll pop all the details in the show notes, ladies. So go follow along with Erica and thank you again. Thanks, thank Erica. You so much. Thanks, ladies. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to us if you shared it with others. Until next time, drink the wine, have a laugh, learn the thing, do the thing, and be the woman you know you are. Make sure to stay connected and let's keep the conversations going. Cheers.